Talking Heads is brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football, with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Enter promo code TALKING at FanDuel.com for a bonus match of up to $200. We're also sponsored by the SeatGeek app, the easiest way to find a great deal. Pay for your ticket and get to your seat. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code TALKING for $20 off your first purchase. Well, that is how you get some free stuff. Here's how you can get fined. According to the world of Cam Newton, I am not supposed to make predictions that I am not 100% confident in that will be right. So I will not sit here and say that Daniel Murphy will not get a single hit in the World Series because I could face a fine in his world. Or I will not say right now that Chip Kelly will be coaching Texas or USC or Miami next fall because in the world of Cam Newton, I can be fine. Sue everybody! And welcome into episode number seven of Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein. I'm angry. Cam Newton wants to take money out of my pocket. Mark Stern is in Washington, D.C. I'm back in my basement. For those of you who listened to us last week together at Laurel Park, thank you for that. We're back to where we were a while back, which is, of course, I'm still moderately unemployed, and I do shows out of my basement, and Mark is nice enough to join me from his place of employment. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's it was fun being together. And if there was last weekend at Laurel Park, and if there's one place that you and I are going to get together, I can't think of a better place for that to be than a racetrack. That really was a lot of fun. Any place where you can get a lot of drinks and bet on things legally, and we'll get into betting momentarily on a couple of different accounts. That was fun. It was great to do. So hopefully I'll be back in D.C. soon and we can do this again um, together. All right, Cam Newton is um, is obviously the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Undefeated they are, one of the five teams uh, that remains undefeated. And they've had an incredible start to their season. And it, they are one of those no-one-ever-believes-in-them teams, even though they make the playoffs at least the last couple of years and seem to be heading that way again. Clearly the best team. It looks like they're the best team in that division. It's a pretty weak division. We'll see what Atlanta does moving forward. But still, Cam Newton is kind of sick of the criticism of him. And Cam Newton um, came out last week, and I'm going to assume was kind of half-joking that he said, you know, the sports media people, you know, they're never held accountable. He goes, here's what I propose. He said, if you get it right, you get a raise. But if you go out on a limb and you just say crazy stuff and it doesn't happen, you should be fined for that. That we should be docked pay for suggest like if Carolina were to like we say they're going to lose like they did to Philadelphia the other night they wouldn't be they wouldn't be uh, undefeated anymore that we should be docked for being wrong about that is that okay with you fining the media for being wrong no it's not cool with me at all it's it's us in the sports media and weathermen we have a great deal and we don't really want to screw that up we can be wrong all the time, and then when the event happens and we did get it wrong, then we're great at coming back around and saying, well, this is why it happened yeah. the way it did. So I'm I'm fine with it. Come on. I mean, does anybody have, did anybody have Kansas City uh, versus uh, the Mets in the World Series this year? No. no. We get that no. wrong all the time. So, and by the way, we don't make what Cam Newton makes, so I can't really afford to make predictions if I'm going to get them wrong all the time and get fined. Yeah, hey, $100 million guy, <laughs> shut up. Yes, You're taking money exactly. out of my wallet. Like, you know how much I get to do this podcast? Zero. So if you <laughs> find me, I'd actually owe you money, which means I can't make any predictions here because I'd have to pay Panoply to do this show. Yeah, I, I love it when they get 
it's always let's put a big chip up on our shoulder. This is the athletes and be like, you all doubted us. Well, show something, you know, make us not doubt you. But until that point, of course, we're going to doubt you. We're not going to pick you to win these big games because you haven't showed it to that point. Yeah, I, I, you made a good point, though. Okay, so here, here's what I say. I, I do think he's onto something. There are certain people that should be fined, not the sports media, because we don't really affect anybody's lives. Like, the Jets are pretty good this year. No one thought the Jets would be any good this year because of the incident with, you know, Geno Smith got punched in the face by a teammate, and they typically stink, and their team isn't very good. So you know, we right. look at them and we're like, well, they're not going to be very good. They actually are pretty good. They're 4-2. They're actually actually pretty good. Nearly beat New England in New England over the weekend. So they're actually pretty So we were all wrong about that. That doesn't change anyone's lives, though, that we sat there and said we think they're going to stink and they're actually pretty good and might make the playoff. But the weather guy, you know what? He does owe me something, okay? <laughs> the, the guy who predicts the stock market incorrectly, he does owe me money. Yes. The doctor who told me I only have three weeks to live and I'm still alive three years later, he owes me money. Okay, those people affected my lives. So I'm with Cam on this. I think everybody should be fined. Everybody should be held accountable, not just the sports media. Do you want everybody held accountable? Certainly, everybody. The, certainly, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on the stock market guy who's like, oh, this is a great stock. You got to get this. This is going to go right to the top. You're going to retire in this. And then, you know, it goes in the toilet, and you're like, well, I just threw away, you know, a lot of money there. The weather guy, when was the weather guy ever right? And you know this from living down here in D.C. No, nah, no, nah, we're going to get a dust thing. It's really nothing to be concerned about. Everybody's going to go to work and school, and the next day you have 15 inches. Or they call for 15 inches of snow, and it's nothing. I, I feel like it's God hates the weather, guys. I, I think God is just kind of like, you're not going to figure me out, asshole. So, like, you know, keep going on the air and saying something that you think might be right. I am going to prove you wrong right. because I can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh! did you say it was going to be sunny in 75 this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to throw a tornado in there. How about that? Yeah, here you go. Here's a tsunami. See that one coming? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't think you would have been able to see that coming. Yeah. This is the biggest wave you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Oh, you didn't see that coming? Oh, big surprise. Because yeah. you don't know anything. <laughs> and the doctor, now listen, if a doc tells you you have three weeks to live, if if I'm not dead in 21 days, I'm coming back in there and punching him in the face. Yeah, it's probably wishful thinking. He's probably like, I hope you only have three weeks to live. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I hope you die. Uh, as for Cam Newton, though, I want to say this publicly, and I hope he hears this. Okay, in the summer, uh, my buddies and I, we go to Vegas. We do a Vegas trip every year. Typically, we do this either right before or right, you know, right around when the NFL season starts. And we always pick a couple of teams with odds to win the Super Bowl early in the year that we feel like might have a good shot. Like, we hope we're not going to pick New England, you know, because they're like 2-1, to 3-1. to one. Why would you bet on anybody to win the Super Bowl in August who's 2-1? to one? Like, there's no odds on it. I did bet on three teams, so it was a lie, but I did bet on three teams that had decent odds. I bet on the Colts. I'm going to be wrong about that. Yes. I bet on the Chiefs. I'm going to be way wrong on that. Yes. But I also bet on the Panthers. Look at you. the Super Bowl at 45-1. to one. So I am holding a ticket with one of the undefeated teams right now. So, Cam, guess what, pal? Someone owes me money for being right at this right. point. Because I got a 45-1 to 1 ticket that says you're going to make me rich come January. That's a great bet. I mean, I mean but you know, it's you looked at it right. You say, okay, uh, the Colts. And by the way, the Colts, that was a nice little bit of a reach pick. You're like, okay, they're progressing. They've completely crapped the bed. And the same thing with the, with the Chiefs. You're like, yeah, this is a team on the rise. Yeah, same thing with the Panthers. That's a 45 to one. That's... Well, I'll, I'll tell you my thinking. The Colts were only eight to one, but I figured I go all this stuff with New England this past year. Like the guys they lost, I don't think they're going to be that good. Clearly wrong about that. So my goal was 
find someone in the AFC, not New England, right. Right, who's probably going to get the Super Bowl. Colts are most likely, in my mind at the time, because they were in the AFC Championship game, and Andrew Luck is awesome. So I figured, well, they'll, oh, they'll figure it out. Well, they haven't figured it out, and it, clearly they're not going to figure it out. Kansas City I picked because I kind of had a, a hunch that Peyton Manning wasn't going to be very good this year. Now, they're winning anyway, so I figured somebody was going to get by them, but it appears their defense is so good that they're going to be able to win that junkie division now anyway. I mean, look what happened to San Diego over the weekend. If they're that bad, then no one's really going to compete um, with Denver. And with the NFC, I looked at it like this. I said, you know, Carolina's in the playoffs two years in a row. Their division is terrible, and they're giving me 45-1 to odds. I, I felt like they were going to win their division no matter what, which gets them in the playoffs, which gets them the home game, the first game that they play. I like it. I, I'll take it. And 45-1 to 1 is a great odd. No, that's great. I mean, because the other team I would think that you would bet on the NFC – well, you could have been on Seattle, and I'm figuring the, the odds the odds would have been pretty low there. But also Green Bay, and then what are you getting there? Like two to one, three to one for Green Bay? It was it was very low, yeah. right? It was low, and so what's the point? Like those teams rarely win the Super Bowl. Like it's always somebody who kind of comes out of nowhere to win it. Buddy of mine, hit, we do this now because a while back when New Orleans won the Super Bowl, he got them at thirty something to one that season going into the year, and he won and he hit it. So now every year we like pick teams. Like last year, I think I had the Bengals at like 25 or 27 to 1, and they got in the playoffs, but they did what they normally do in the playoffs. They crapped the bed. So, you know, you're taking a risk, but it's worth it, I think, um, for the odds. All right, I want to ask you about um, the other big thing for the weekend in football, and that is the Yahoo game. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, the NFL game that was played in Europe over the weekend, there's multiple games now in London every year because clearly the NFL's moving a team there at some point in time. But they did a chess case with it that was really interesting in terms of how the media is going to deal with broadcast rights down the road. They put this game streaming live on Yahoo, um, and you could not see it in this country unless you were in Buffalo or Jacksonville, which were the two teams that were playing there. So they allowed for the home market to be able to see it on traditional television. But if you were not in either one of those places, you had to watch this on Yahoo. Now, I have an Apple TV, so I was able to just pop this up on my television like it was any other game. Like, I, you just pop up Yahoo, and there it was streaming live. For other people that don't have that kind of service, they had to watch it on their computer or their mobile device, but they can easily do it, and it was free. And the broadcast was no different than any other broadcast because it was done by CBS with CBS announcers and the CBS crew, and all the commercials were in the same place. So you would know no difference other than it's not on the screen you're accustomed to. For me, it was. For most people, it probably was not. How was the experience for you of watching an NFL game on something other than a network? Uh, well, first of all, I really wanted to – I forget who was calling a game for CBS, but I wanted them to, like, mess up and be like, it's not like anyone's watching this. It's streaming on the Internet. Who cares? Yeah, just curse. We don't care. I was hoping for that sort of great moment. Yeah. EJ Manuel fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Look at that idiot oh, out what? there. Yeah. My bad. That would have – Oh, you can see this? Oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, oh, it's on Yahoo. I'm sorry. I thought there were no rules on this Internet thing. Okay. First of all – uh, in full disclosure, I was at a charity function on Saturday night, which involved a lot of alcohol. So I was not. Pre- so you're not watching the Bills and Jags. Well, that's I, where this is going well, at nine o'clock in the morning. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm not predisposed to be waking up to watch Bills Jags because that's just not a game I I care about. You know, and and clearly the NFL really doesn't because they're throwing it over to England. Yeah, you guys. Did. It was a good test. Case, right. right. It was a good test because they're like, you know what? We've got these two junkie teams in the two in the two junkie markets. 
So, and they're already in London. It's in the morning. This is the one. Right, this is We're the one. We're not going to do it with the Cowboys. We're not going to do it with the Patriots. We'll try it with these guys to see how it works out. I'll be honest with you. I, I remember I woke up probably around 10, 30, 11, not feeling my best. And it's really late for me these days. And I turned on my TV. I was like, oh, let me watch the football game. This is an early one. And I was like, oh, that's right. It's on my phone or my computer. And I kind of screwed around with it for a little bit. And then I was so over. I said, you know what? I'll just catch up on this one later. I'll, I'm going to conserve my strength and watch the Redskins game at 1 o'clock. There were a couple of them. I did watch some of it because I was just curious. I wanted sure. to see. You know, it wasn't going to be different. And, and like I said, I was able to put it on my television because I have Apple TV. So I was able to just hit the Yahoo thing, and there it was. It was up on my TV. It did have these internet-y moments. Like, it wasn't like the broadcast wasn't seamless. Like, and it was technical, technically not seamless. Like, the, you know, the guys who were calling and all that stuff was normal. Everything was normal. But, like, there were those, like, oh, it's buffering for a second here type <laughs> right. of situation. Buffering. Which was buffering. really unusual. Yeah, it was really unusual. I was like, oh, so they've got some kinks to, to obviously work out. The truth is this is where it's all going. You know, and like, so the networks are going to have to figure out a way. I think, I think this was a, a shot across their bow to say, you're going to have to have internet service that has the kind of reach like a Yahoo and be able to market like a Yahoo for us to be doing business with you down the road because we're just going to place it in a place like that. And of course, they wouldn't give Yahoo the rights to actually produce it because they were concerned they would screw that up. Right. So they let CBS actually produce it so they knew the broadcast would be good. But this is where it's going. Yes. So, and I'm, if I'm one of these huge internet provider people, like who have basically been doing digital video, like Yahoo or Vice, or who's coming out with a couple of networks and all these types of groups, I'm looking at this going, this could be the end of network broadcast sports. And if network broadcast sports goes down, it's all done. Well, it's all done. Everything that we know in the media will have been completely altered because those contracts are the certainties of network broadcast television. Because those are the live events people can't miss. Everything else you can watch digitally at a later date or on your own time. You don't have to watch it live. Football, basketball, whatever it is, has to be watched live. And if these groups are able to supply it in a way that goes to every single device that you possibly have, the networks are in serious, serious trouble. Yeah, that's literally the invention of the car and everyone else is riding around on horses. And if you yeah, have a stable like, of horses, you're like, well, horses are going to be around forever, right? Just, no. No, this yeah. is and, – and you're right. This is not an if. This is a when this actually happens, when they have the platform that they feel secure enough. This is going to be the switch. And I don't know whether it's three, five, ten. I don't know how many years it is, but this is coming. And it's going to be a massive change, as you said, for the for the broadcast networks. It it changes everything, and not for the better. What I find it really interesting there is that like CBS Sports has a widely distributed network on the internet. So I was somewhat surprised that they didn't say let's test this out on CBS Sports. No, they went with Yahoo, and so that is a shot right across their bow, saying, "Hey, listen, down the road." You better figure out how to carry this in a way that is, you know, in line with how people consume media now. Because if you don't, guess where this is going? It's going to Yahoo, or it's going to Amazon, or it's going to Hulu, or it's going to Netflix, or it's going to these types of groups that can handle this. And if I were ESPN or CBS or Fox or NBC or any of these groups that have these football things, or any of the groups like the NBA rights or NHL rights or any of these groups, I would be shaking in my boots. 
And you better hope that that didn't go very well yesterday, because if it went really well, oh boy, <laughs> things are going to change quicker than we even think. Oh yeah. Um, last thing um, before we get um, to our uh, first um, little mini break, um, Mark sent me this story uh, since we're talking about international things that are going on, and um, we have like a Pete Rose scandal apparently in Japan. There's um, a couple of pitchers for a very famous Japanese baseball team, the Yomiuri Giants. And um, to put in perspective, baseball in Japan, it is enormous. It is like, it's like college football there. It is a really, 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 really big deal. Like I went over there some years ago because the Redskins played a game um, in Tokyo, I mean, in in, uh, Osaka. You'll recall that the NFL used to send teams over there in the preseason to play a game in Japan. It was part of their outreach type of game. So I was over there. The night before the game, I actually went to a baseball game in Osaka. I can't remember the name of the team. The Hanshin Tigers, that was the name of the team. We went to their stadium. The place felt like I had gone to see an SEC football game. And I was basically (laughs) told that this is like this every night, everywhere. So baseball kind of is really their national pastime and persuasion. And um, the best way to put it is these people are completely insane about it. Uh, really, really insane about baseball. Maybe in a way that we were in America 60, 70 years ago, but clearly aren't any longer. That's how they are about baseball. Two guys on this particular team have been caught betting on the team. Now, no one thinks that they threw the games, but of course, you know, clearly we got a problem here, especially if, if it's that big a deal in the country. And part of the story goes on to say that one of them bet on his team because he had lost money betting on high school baseball games and tried to get his money back by betting on his own team. I'm really in a hole. I'm really in a hole. I thought that DeMatha was going to win that game, and they didn't. I had him over Georgetown Prep, and now I'm eight grand in the hole, and i got to get back. I thought we were degenerates in this country. Yes. I've never heard of anybody betting on anything in high school here, which I'm sure it happens. Okay, I'm sure it happened. Oh, yeah, Texas football, Texas Friday night football, I'm sure there's a lot of money changing hands. Uh, okay, but like professional players betting on high school games? Have no. You ever heard of anything like that? And no. That, that was beyond me when I heard that was happening. Even Pete Rose is like, seriously, you have an issue. Okay, yeah, you can't. Pete Rose you can't. is like, man, you guys are messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Satoshi Fukuda. Uh, yeah. is the guy, and apparently he's trying to win back. He lost eight grand gambling in high school baseball games in August, so he's like, oh, oh screw it, I'll bet on the pro games to try and make good on that. Yeah, Pete Rose is like, I want to be the commissioner of that league, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Hall of Fame today. <laughs> Let's baby. do it. Um, now, apparently it's been emailed to me that the high school games and the tournaments that they have is sort of like uh, March Madness over here in the States, and it just the whole country goes nuts for it. So I guess that's a little bit of an easier doorway to go through for this pitcher. But still, you have to take a long, hard look at yourself if you're laying down serious money on high school games, no matter what country you live in. Who are you corresponding with about Japanese high school baseball? I really, I, I don't tell them. I'm not even sure. I you don't want to know. Right. You Who saw you me talking? at the track. How would that you come s- up with anybody you know? How would it come up? Japanese high school baseball. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very obscure website that I go to that's based in Japan, and that's all I will say about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's called highschoolbettingbaseball.com, but that's not what's on that site. <laughs> so that's just how they stay legal. Yeah, yeah I, I thought when I went there I was going to get some good lines, but it was a different thing. So. 
Sports have become a huge aspect of our collective culture. It's the one weekly live event you can't stream later or watch on demand with the same effect. The desire to be part of a collective action is one reason fantasy sports has grown so much, but a lot of people don't play because the whole season is too long of a commitment. FanDuel changes all of that, and if you've ever wanted to try it out, use my code TALK FanDuel.com for a bonus match of up to $200. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football. $75 million a week this football season. That's what's going out. Entry fees are low. They start at just the buck. There's a league for everybody. Over 1 million players have won money playing fantasy sports on FanDuel, and now it's your turn. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use the code TALKING and sign up now. Here's that special offer for new users for every dollar you deposit. FanDuel will match it with up to 200 bucks that gets you earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to $200. The offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code TALKING today, so don't get left out. FanDuel also offers daily fantasy baseball, basketball, and hockey. Find out what daily fantasy sports have gotten so popular. Do it at FanDuel.com with our code TALKING. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season at F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Try it out today. Welcome back to Talking Heads, Bram Weissman in Connecticut, Mark Stern in Washington, D.C. I wanted to spend just a couple moments talking about Flip Saunders, who is the, uh, the former uh, president and head, uh, head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, who passed away suddenly um, over the weekend after a bout with uh, cancer, what I believe was a short bout with cancer. Um, I know Flip on two different levels. He was in Washington coaching the Washington Wizards. Um, for a period of time when their uh, roster was not nearly good enough to be competitive. So he kind of walked into a tough situation there. And I also knew him at ESPN because he was an analyst there after the failed run with the Wizards before he ended up going back to Minnesota, where he was a very popular head coach, um, in particular when Kevin Garnett was young um, there. And, you know, the, the, uh, the, um, you know the, the rap on him basically was, he couldn't get a team over the top. He had two very good chances. He had Kevin Garnett, who was clearly a Hall of Famer, uh, and at the young part of his age, and he would get them into the playoffs every year, but they rarely could get past the first or second round. I think once they got to the Western Conference Finals, never got to the final. Garnett ended up leaving, of course, going to Boston and winning a championship there. Saunders ended up leaving, going to Detroit in the post-championship years and couldn't quite get them over the top again, even though he had a better, more competitive roster. Then he went to Washington. That really flamed out for him because he just had a bad team. He ended up in ESPN, and I had spent about a year and a half, two years with him before we all knew he was going to go back into coaching. But he was just a genuinely nice, great person. Um, my interactions with him in Washington were you know, pretty good, especially based on the fact that he was losing a lot. And up at ESPN, I found him to be extremely respectful, informative. He was one of those guys that wanted to share, just liked being around people. And so I'm just really sad. I just wanted to mention him. Um, today, first of all, is for anyone who is kind of that vibrant, has those kind of relationships, he had that with the media. He certainly had it with his players. Kevin Garnett went back to Minnesota in part because of Flip Saunders, not because he's going to win again, obviously, but he, that's why he went back there in part because of that. I know Joe Smith really well as the former number one overall pick. He had played with Flip. He went on and on about how great a guy Flip Saunders is. And all the players really loved playing for him. He was a player's coach. And I sensed that in working with him that he was just one of those people that it was great to be around. He really knew what he was doing. He was respectful, and he was just a nice guy to be around. And to die from cancer at the age of 60, um, when there's still a lot seemingly in front of him, and in particular with that team with Andrew Wiggins, you know, kind of coming into his own, there was seemingly a lot in front of him. That he had another Garnett, basically a nice young player like Garnett again on his team to build around and hopefully 
potentially build a championship. I'm just sad. I, I just I just wanted to mention Flip because I'm just sad to hear that news over the weekend. It's incredibly sad, and you know I didn't know him nearly as well as you did. I I had him on uh, as an interview a few different times, and I was always impressed by what a good guy he seemed like. But you never really know. But it's it's good to hear the backstories now of people that worked with him. You know both as an athlete and, and, you know, as you did, you know, when he was an analyst at ESPN and that's, you know, that's what you, what you hope for. Cause you're like, Oh, he seemed like a good guy. And it's great to reassuring to hear all that stuff. I, I think that the biggest takeaway for me though, and, and I guess this is, we get older, I'm 46, you know, there was a time in my life when I was in, you know, my late teens, early twenties, though, 60. Wow. That's pretty old, but it's really, it's not at all. And, and this, I mean, 60, it, it, I don't know whether it's just the perspective of getting older, but it's really young. It really is. As you said, there's so much more ahead of him, both professionally and personally. Um, and, and the news that he was sick came out, I want to say, last spring sometime. Yes. And now we've bec- I've become accustomed to John Lester, John Farrell, these guys. You know, they get, they get very serious illnesses, but they bounce back. And you say, all right, well, I just naturally expected that he was going to bounce back, and this was just going to be a blip on the horizon. And, you know, because John Farrell's already, you know, who was diagnosed not that long after Flip Saunders was with something similar, I want to say. And now he's they already saying, yeah, it's in remission and he's doing fine. And then all of a sudden it just came out of nowhere that he had passed away. And, you know, it, it, it really it really caught me off guard. And it's just it's just stunning. And it's just incredibly, incredibly sad. A life just taken far too soon. It was really unusual. I, I'm with you on that. Like you hear cancer with people in sports. And when they're older, you know, there's obviously you have these concerns just because they're older people. But, like, we hear more often than not, Eric Berry got it, the safety of the Chiefs. He's playing football again. John Lester got it. He's pitching for the Cubs in the playoffs. John Farrell got it. He's in remission. He's going to be back managing the Red Sox. For some reason, like when this happened, Jim Calhoun had it on numerous occasions and came back and coached and is healthy. So I don't. I'm with you. Like there's this kind of level of ah, he'll be fine, even though it's cancer. You hear the word cancer for some reason, it doesn't resonate. Like this might kill the guy, and I guess I was shocked too. Like I knew he had cancer, and there should have been some severity to that. But because of these examples of all of these guys, I don't know. There's still this kind of like I guess maybe there's this you know blind belief that like these are tough people. They are part of a tough profession, and they'll get over it and they'll be fine. And in this case, he wasn't. And um, I'm, I'm really sad for him. He, he just genuinely was, and I didn't know him well, but just genuinely was a really nice guy. Every person I talked to who knew of his acumen for the game said he really knew what he was doing, and that it was just blind bad luck that he never got over the top and won one of the teams he had. And I was looking at the team he had just put together in Minnesota, okay? They did the right thing trading Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins. I mean, there's like, without a shred of doubt, oh, absolutely. they have what is going to be a superstar, and Love, oh, yeah. for as good as a player he is, never got them into the playoffs. Never even got into the playoffs once with that guy. He sent him over, and yeah, he may end up winning a championship or multiple ones with LeBron James, but that won't be because of Kevin Love. No. That will be because of LeBron James. The trade that they made to get Andrew Wiggins there sets up Minnesota to be really good, and there felt like this second coming run for Flip was about to begin. They had a guy who was going to be a superstar like Kevin Garnett at a very young age that you can mold. They have some very good players around him. And that was a very exciting team. You know, they just had the number one overall pick again in Carl Anthony Towns. I was excited for him to go back. He was going to have this team that he could build around and have a second chance to have a real shot at a title. And unfortunately, he's not going to get it. Yeah, no, you're right. He did. I mean, listen, it's, it's 
there's so many things that go into, you know, how do you get to the finals and how do you win a championship? And, you know, there's guys on the other side of the court that are that are paid to coach and paid to play. And, you know, you're, you're going against the Lakers. You're going against Dallas. You're going against San Antonio. I mean, anytime that you have San Antonio in, in your side of the bracket, it's going to be hard to advance on any level. And, and you know, it's just – he was in an era in the West when, uh, you know, there was a lot of really good teams to go against. And, you know, I, I know everybody's legacy is always about how many did you win and all that kind of stuff. But I think his larger legacy, like you said, will be the people that he worked with, both, you know, in broadcasting. And certainly you've seen the the, the, the reaction that Kevin Garnett has had over all of this. And that, that tells you everything you need to know about who Flip Saunders was as a man. Yeah, he went back to Minnesota because of Flip Saunders. That's yeah. why he went back. He, he went back to tutor Andrew Wiggins because Flip Saunders asked him to do it. Hey, just think about that for a moment. The egos that are on these guys. Yes. That's why Kevin Garnett went back to play for them. He knew he can't win with them in the latter stages of his career, but that's why he did it, and that's a testament to Flip Saunders. So, and from all the players, and certainly from the people at ESPN that I know, that were very sad to hear about this from our family as well. R.I.P. Flip. It's week eight, and the NFL still has five unbeaten teams. Bengals, Broncos, Patriots, Packers, and my Panthers have all shown up in a big way this year. The only question is, when are you going to show up? Head to the stadium, find a great deal on the SeatGeek app. Now you can use my code TALKING at SeatGeek. We'll send you a check for 20 bucks. Here's how it works. You download the SeatGeek app on your iPhone or Android. It's free. It takes less than a minute to download, and then you search for your event, find a great deal, enter our code TALKING. When you complete your purchase, SeatGeek will send you a $20 check to your house. That easy, SeatGeek is paying you to use their service. They pull in ticket options from hundreds of sellers online. They show you the best deal automatically. They have a feature called Deal Score. It ranks every ticket on the market for a value score, plus the best deals in the color-coded map of the venue. And they make the ticket-buying process seamless, easy, and safe. On SeatGeek, you can store your credit card. Once you find the ticket you want to buy, you can make the purchase with two quick taps on your phone. So to redeem your promo code... And get your $20 check. Download the free SeatGeek app today. Enter promo code TALKING in the app. SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first purchase. I'm talking to you Mets fans. Halloween weekend. World Series games 3, 4, and 5. That's wild. That is history in the making. Royals fans are just fired up to end the team's 30-year drought. They have home field advantage. The best deals on the World Series can be found on SeatGeek. You have $20 with my code TALKING. Speaking of the World Series, my colleagues Ted Keith and Steve Canella have you covered on their show, The Strike Zone. Go inside the 2015 World Series with expert views on the Royals and the Mets, who are weirdly winners of the 1985 and 86 World Series, respectively. This game's a three-decade throwback. The Strike Zone podcast. Search for it on iTunes or visit si.com backslash podcast. Welcome back to Talking Heads. Bram Weinstein in Connecticut. Mark Stern in uh, Washington, D.C. Let's start with Daniel Murphy then, I guess, for a moment here. Um, I have, Mark, never come across an example to compare someone to like this. Um, This guy is an average player and has been for a long period of time, like seven or eight years. I think he's been to one All-Star game, but, like, you know, that's probably because the competition around him at his position was weak that particular year. He is not a great baseball player by any stretch of the imagination. He is your typical average Joe. And somehow he became Babe Ruth over the last few weeks. I've never seen anything like it ever. This is, this is one of those things that makes your jaw drop. You're like, cause you can see guys get hot 
you know, for a game and a guy, you know, go, you know, even over the course of a couple games. But this has been for the entire playoffs. He now has a home run. What is it? Six games, seven games straight. Yeah. It's a major league record. Like, Babe Ruth didn't do that. Yeah, and Babe Ruth played in a lot of World Series games. Barry Bonds didn't do that. Yeah. Aaron didn't do that. Yeah. Willie Mays didn't do that. Yeah. This is, the mo- this is honestly, I, I, I think, the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard of in professional sports. How someone could go from being just an, a completely nondescript average player to being one of the most clutch all-time heroes I've never seen anything like this. It's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, for one thing, and he's doing it against some great pitchers. He's doing it against Arietti. He's doing it against you know Lester. He's doing it a bunch of a bunch of Granky, Granky, Kershaw. Kershaw. Yeah, he's like homered four Cy Young winners. He had yeah, ball. he's he's homered off of all of those guys, and and he's he does it every game, every single game. And you know, I'll be you know, thrilled to see what happens in Game One of the World Series, and you know whether they're even going to pitch him. Because if I, at some point, even though it's Daniel freaking Murphy, like who is this guy? This punching Judy hitter isn't going to take us deep again. But at some point, you have to say, look, he's seeing a beach ball come out of the pitcher's hand right now. So you know what? We're going to respect that, and we're not going to give this guy anything to hit. In fact, if I'm a pitcher, I might brush him back just a little bit. I'm hitting him. Well, First okay, hit. I'm hitting the guy. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's my instinct. First. Pitch. Yeah, I want to be like, hey, pal, don't dig in too tight. That's my yeah. side of the plate. I'm hitting him in the left buttock. Yeah. First pitch. First yeah, pitch. nobody's done that. And, yeah. you know, I, you know. But, I mean, listen, even when Ortiz went on that ridiculous tear during the World Series, I think it was in 2013, you're like, all right, well, this is David Ortiz. This is a guy who put up a lifetime of numbers. We're talking about Daniel freaking Murphy. Who is this guy? And by the way, he couldn't have done this at a better time because he's a free agent. And if the Mets win the World Series because of him, in large part, he has already gotten to this point, they're going to have to open up their wallet and say, how much do you want? Just take take whatever you need. No, I, no this is totally like some sucker is going to give him a big fat contract in the offseason. Like, this feels like the Cleveland Indians give this guy a big contract for no reason whatsoever, only based on the fact that he had a crazy run in the playoffs. I've never seen anything like this. I was like trying to compare it to something like, you know, we've had like some bizarre heroes like Larry Brown, the Cowboys, Timmy Smith, Timmy Smith, Timmy Smith had, you know, had as for a long time, the record for most rushing yards at the Super Bowl game. He barely played that year and never did anything else after that. But those were one hit wonder things. You know, it was kind of like Jeremy Lin, you know, for those two weeks with the Knicks where he just was like, you know, a world beater and then went back to becoming just an average player again. But, like, even in that scenario, that was in the regular season. You know, it wasn't, like, in the NBA Finals. I mean, this is just flatly bizarre. I, I can, the only thing I can, like, kind of liken it to, it's like, if you go to a karaoke bar and you see the guy who you obviously know practices, <laughs> you know, right. singing these songs, and he gets up there and he sings, and he's okay, you know, he's pretty good, you know, for karaoke bars, he's pretty good. Well, that guy puts out an album, and it does better than Michael Jackson's Thriller. You know, it's like that type of thing. Like, it's just so from out of left field, it doesn't even make sense that it's happened. Well, it's like that woman It was on, it, was, it wasn't America's Got Talent. I think it was Britain's Got Talent. And she looked awful, and she's an old woman, and you're like, oh, this can't, she can't sing. This is going to be embarrassing. Simon Cowell's, like, openly, you know, mocking her. And then the woman comes out, and she's like the most beautiful classical voice you've ever heard. And it's like, where yeah. is this coming from? You can't, 
You can't right. sing like that, and yet you just did. Oh my God! So it, it yeah. just doesn't make. It's like I don't know. It's like you know the guy who just kind of you see in the office every day, and he eats the same stupid lunch every day, and all of a sudden he's the president. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Bill. Yeah, Bill over in sales. Yeah, he took uh, California and Ohio. He's the president. Can you figure it? He's the president now. Yeah. He's the president. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I I'm curious to see what he does. You know, in these in these next several games, whether it's four, whether it's six or seven, or whatever it ends up being, but yeah, he's he's been the story of the postseason, and it's it's not just this postseason; he's a story for the ages. There's no question. All right, who are you picking? I'm taking Kansas City. I actually think Kansas City's going to win. Kansas City keeps coming at you. They're like Freddy Krueger; they just don't stop. But I tell you, it's the Mets pitching. I mean, between Harvey, Degrom, and Syndergaard, yeah, I I just don't I don't see how you're going to beat those guys. I, I just don't. I and they're so young. They're like, we don't care. You know, why not us? I think they have that whole "why not us" attitude. And then you've got guys like Murphy, who's playing out of his mind, and Cespedes for the rest of us, and all the rest of the guys. You know, I mean, they just they have done a terrific job. But I think that pitching is key. I'm taking the Mets. I'll take the Mets in five. How about that? Okay. All right. Good. So Cam Newton. We're gonna, <laughs> one of us will owe Cam Newton money. <laughs> I don't know who, but one of us, uh, one of us will. Yeah. Um, the other thing, man, that got me this week. I, Adrian Peterson is a weird dude. Okay, he is. It is becoming really clear that he is a real. He's a great, great, great football player. But he is. He is a weird dude. And and if I was in Minnesota, I have a, a guy I know, Ben Gessling, who actually used to be in DC. Um, used to write for the Post and now writes for ESPN up in Minnesota. He's a very good writer, reporter. I, I would love to get him on at some point to talk about Adrian Peterson because it, the more you learn about him, the stories are so bizarrely strange. He's an odd duck. Um, He's a really odd duck. I mean, everyone knows what happened with his kid. Yes. I don't want to go through all of that again with it. You know, that he, that's how he punishes his kid with a stick, you know, and like clearly, like, I, you know, I, I don't care where you stand, like, wherever you're listening to this, someone in Texas is probably like, good for him, <laughs> you know, and everyone else in the Northeast is like, holy crap, that's crazy. <laughs> man. You, know, like, I, you hit your kid with a stick. I don't care what he did. You know, you don't hit your kid with a stick. So that, I don't want to go through that whole thing again. The one over the weekend was he nearly missed the game uh, this weekend against Detroit because he got sick on the team plane. And Chris Myers, who called the game between the Vikings and the Lions, went on the air and said he was downgraded to questionable before the game because he accidentally swallowed chewing tobacco, and it made him violently ill, and he threw up you know, all over the place, as you imagine it would if you swallowed chewing tobacco. Yes. Adrian Peterson played in the game anyway, because if there's one thing you can say about him, toughness is not an issue oh. with him, okay? He plays through everything, okay? <laughs> He's he a plays. Beast. Right. He played, and he played pretty well. Okay, and the Vikings, the Vikings actually have a decent team. He played pretty well. So after the game, they asked him about the chewing tobacco, and he said, that's not actually what happened. He said, I'm allergic to shellfish, and I found this out in 2012 when I ate some jambalaya and I got sick, right? So I have an EpiPen now, and an EpiPen is serious. I have a kid with a peanut allergy. That's a serious, so that means he has a serious allergy. Yeah. He has, like, anaphylactic shock type of allergy. You have, to, you have to administer this type of thing very quickly if you accidentally eat one of these things that you're allergic to. He says he's allergic to shellfish. But he said, i got to get the quote out for this one. He, he, said, um, he said, sometimes I love shrimp so much, I just go against the grain. Yeah. And he ate shrimp even though he's allergic to shellfish okay he knows he's allergic to shellfish because he carries an EpiPen, and he said he ate shrimp that's what made him sick and he had to actually administer his EpiPen to himself which is an enormous shot of adrenaline into your body and typically it accompanies you going to the hospital after you administer this to yourself so that's what he said happened (laughs) i i know it could kill me 
but I really like them shrimps. So yeah, double up on the on the on the scampi, yeah, and the cocktail, yeah. I'll take all of that. I got my EpiPen on me, so I'm good. I mean, are you kidding me? I know it could kill me, but man, I just really love shrimp, so I'm gonna have that. He's like, I love shrimp so much, I will put my life in jeopardy. And by the way, like you said, most people they're in the hospital, out of work for several days as they try and recuperate from that. Yes. What does he do? He busts off a 75-yard run. I think ran for 100 yards or something like that. No TDs, but 100 yards against the Lions. Yeah, you know, it's okay. I was sick. He is, but you know, the other thing too is that he admitted, though, he does dip. He admitted yes. that. He said he's been doing it for 10 years. And then the other quote he had was, he goes, he goes, I've swallowed my dip many times. My body's immune to yeah, it. Yeah, that's... <laughs> As if, like, okay, so if he swallows a wad of tobacco, that won't make him throw up. Right, right. <laughs> the shrimp. Yeah, no, it ain't the tobacco juice. No, I drink that. I drink that for breakfast. That's fine. Yeah, that's what I put my cornflakes in, baby. <laughs> I mean, this guy. He's like, you want to see me test myself? I'm like, I'm gonna eat a crab cake on top of a lobster with some shrimp and some clams. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna put that in some bread. And eat it. Hey, Skip, Skip, you got my yeah, you got my epipen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get some crab. Yeah, yeah. watch this. Yeah, I, it's just yeah. He clearly he's like I the normal laws of physics that applies to the rest of humanity do not apply to me whatsoever. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back faster than anything. I'm gonna eat rocks and then I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna run for a touchdown. That's what I do. But, well, I don't I don't understand the idea of this can. This can make you, at bare minimum, seriously ill. In fact, you, you know it will. Yeah, okay? You, know it, you will. know it will. If you have an EpiPen, it means the doctor has told you that eating this will require immediate intervention or you might die. Yeah. Okay? And he did it on a plane. Okay? So he's not even like he's near or could get to a hospital if he had to. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> land the plane because Adrian Peterson is having anaphylactic shock over something he ate that he knew he was allergic right. to but couldn't stop himself? <laughs> How nuts are you? I've told you not to serve him the shrimp. He insisted. Oh, well, it is Adrian Peterson. He insisted. It's Adrian Peterson. He said, give me the shrimp. <laughs> um, Adrian, you're allergic to it. Give, give me, it to me give anyway. Give it to me anyways. I'm going to eat it in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Fearless. What a lunatic. Yeah. We should get I mean, Gessling. Honestly, we should get Ben on. I know Ben. He's a good guy. We should get him on and talk about, I mean, that along with the Ragnar stuff, it's always fun to talk about the Vikings. But he, yeah, he's just insane. I, listen, okay, because I, okay, so I have a daughter. She's six, right? She has a peanut allergy and she has an EpiPen because it's a, it's a serious, severe peanut allergy. If she happens to eat peanuts, she will go into anaphylactic shock. I have to have this, this uh, I have to have this, like, um, basically, I have to like read the riot act when she goes on a play date to the other parent. Right. I have to tell them every. I have to walk in there and scare the crap out of them. I have to say, listen, you know, I know your kid probably likes peanut butter and jelly, but here's the problem: if he eats peanut butter and jelly in front of my kid, and she happens to take a bite of that. What you're going to end up doing is have to save her life, and that's going to be a frightening experience for you because it's going to happen really fast. Right. If she eats peanuts, it's going to happen really, really, really fast. And you're going to have to intervene immediately and jab her with an EpiPen. Just going to scare the crap out of you and her. And you're going to have to get her to the hospital. I have to read this riot act over and over. It scares people. I have to just scare people. People's lives are in jeopardy. He doesn't care. No, doesn't care. He says, yeah, double up. Yeah, give me three orders. Three orders. Do you have any shellfish soda drink that I can have? Because I'd like that too. 
I have it all. I want put some shellfish in my pitcher of Shirley Temple. I'm gonna call that. Grenadine and crab. Yeah, that's what yeah, I want, Jack. I want crab meat. <laughs> like, oh. I don't. I don't get it. I, I like. I don't understand it. And, and also, I mean, he's in his 30s now. So I, think I, I, know don't, do you de- I don't know. Do you develop this? I, like he said, he didn't find out until 2012, which would suggest that he didn't eat any shellfish no. the majority of his life. He's such a superhuman that he probably was eating it his whole life and then got a little bit sick, and that was the yeah. first inclination that his superhuman body couldn't process shellfish anymore. Yeah. What is it like? He used to eat shellfish. And he didn't know he had an allergy. And he would just look in the mirror and get mad at the allergy. <laughs> and the allergy would go away. Get out of my body. Get out. Get out of my body. Stat. <laughs> get out. <laughs> I don't know what you is, crazy illness, but you out. That is so great. I'm Adrian Peterson. You can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run for 400 yards today. How you feel about that allergy? Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. He, he, it does prove to me that you, they should probably pay him $80 million a year because he is unstoppable. <laughs> He has beaten yeah. allergies. He's, <laughs> right, because he scowls at them. That's how he beats allergies. Yeah, he's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> but that was the best. I just the admitting of chewing tobacco and swallowing it, and that would never bother him. No, never. Why would that bother <laughs> you? No, I'm Adrian Peterson. Cast iron gut. That's what I did. I yeah, I, I ate my yeah. EpiPen. That's what I did. <laughs> I don't care. Hit me with the EpiPen right now. I'll show you. <laughs> Right. He is nuts. All right, that'll do it for us here. Episode 7 of Talking Heads. Mark's in D.C. I'm in Connecticut. We'll be back next week, and we all love you.